As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packard. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson was top rookie. I'm seeing it now. Off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up today. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, player. She. Welcome to Anything as Potable! Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, Jay King, everyone, and the Celtics get back in the win column. They split their two-game series with Indiana. They come back from 17 points down. Victor Oladipo was back. It didn't seem to matter for the Pacers because the Celtics decided – to go out there, unleash Peyton Pritchard on the world, and win a <laughs> basketball game. Jay, what was your reaction uh, from the Celtics night in Indiana? Yeah, I thought Pritchard was the biggest takeaway. The Celtics, he's kind of played off ball for the most part the first three games of his career. Did a whole lot of out-of-bounds stepping. <laughs> he stayed in bounds this time, and the Celtics gave him the ball. He was running pick-and-rolls. He was getting by guys. He was drawing fouls. He was getting to the cup. Like, he really, really did a nice job running the offense. And and that's not something we saw a lot out of him over the first few games. He did, like, mostly spot-up work. And Brad said the other day that he wanted to get Pritchard the ball more often. I was like, yeah, that's cool, but probably not going to happen if, He's playing alongside Jeff Teague, but the Celtics did it anyway. And there was a stretch where he was just kind of running the show and doing his thing and helping bring the Celtics back. 
Yeah, it was especially at the start of the fourth quarter, the Celtics gave up another, what was it, like 35 points, 37 points in the third quarter. It did not look good. They actually had a kind of a good run in the final two minutes to end the third, but then came out with this uh, 9-0 run to start the fourth. And my notes is that in there is Fast PP calls his own number. Fast PP is a menace. It's basically him just dominating the offense, drawing fouls on Sabonis. It was part of his game that I guess we knew about, but he really showed a, a solid ability to uh, attack the basket. And I thought Scal made a great point on the broadcast. If you can run a pick and roll with, I guess, Pritchard and a big as the ball handler and then just have Tatum and Brown on the wings. I mean, the thing that struck me about this game was just how much attention Jason Tatum was getting early on and to get the ball into Pritchard's hands and allow Tatum to kind of just allow the basically the defense not have to focus on Tatum the entire time. I thought, oh, opened up the floor for the Celtics a lot. Yeah, that was helpful. And Tatum did not handle double teams well in the first quarter. He threw one pass to nobody. He stepped out of bounds against a double. He just kind of looked flustered, which is weird. That's not normally how he handles double teams. He's normally pretty good about that, especially with minimizing the turnovers. He's never been a high turnover guy. Um, But I do think he's going to see a lot of funky defenses this year especially if the Celtics keep starting Tyson Thompson. Like there are just so many guys to shade off of and to send help, hard help. And so Tatum didn't always handle that well, but doesn't matter when you got Peyton Pritchard, bro. Doesn't matter when you got Peyton Pritchard to run the show. Uh, And then Tatum, Tatum got, he got going toward the end too. And I I thought the Celtics just kind of picked up their intensity, started playing defense. Scal's been talking about it the entire time how much more physical the Pacers have been over these two games that kind of spun the other way in the third and fourth quarter. And the Celtics went on a run. Peyton Pritchard emerged as the goat as Jalen Brown. (laughs) Jalen Brown calling him the goat after the game is just means the the term should be abolished, but the defense, like the Celtics having defensive issues, I thought was the big problem in the first three quarters, especially in the third quarter. And I thought something that was interesting was the kind of the big man rotation tonight and the lineups like, they started at the first eight minutes. They went double big with Tyson um, Thompson. And then they kind of went through this uh, rotation of like one big man. I think it was first with then Rob Williams came in. Then they tried Tyson uh, alone and tried um, Tristan Thompson alone. And that was with Javante Green in the game. I mean, Javante Green has, has two jobs in this world. is to shut down Doug McDermott and shut down Terrence Ross. And he did the Doug McDermott <laughs> job tonight. But the Celtics really did not play that well with um, two bigs. It's interesting. The first kind of session of two bigs to start the game, they were pretty solid. Then to start the second half when they went back to two bigs, it was uh, not good. And it got even worse when they brought in Grant Williams for the first time. Grant Williams had like a nice two minutes. And then all of a sudden, the Grant Williams-Tice minutes, uh, the Celtics were suddenly down by 17. Yeah, I'm trying to look through the uh, lineup stats from tonight's game. Obviously, just a tiny sample size, but it did not feel like their double bigs worked out. And I think a lot of the time being double big, the Celtics will be more physical than the other team. But when it's Miles Turner and Sabonis, like they're huge too. And so that that's part of the strength is just kind of mitigated. And then I just thought that all season, really, the Celtics have had stretches of really bad defense, like 
they yep. have not been very good defensively consistently this season. They've had breakdowns. They let TJ Warren get hot. They let Oladipo get hot. There was a stretch there in the third quarter when they just looked like dog shit. I think and part that, of that was the the double bigs not really working on offense, though, because they had some pretty bad spacing there. Tice uh, smoked some bunnies, and it really allowed the Pacers to get out in transition. I think that's one of the issues with this team is they really do lack that wing depth, and so they're going to have to go double big, but there's, there's just not that much spacing and just less uh, space to operate. I think that's what one of the big changes that kind of led to the turnaround. Time Lord actually came in at the end of the um, – third quarter provide a lot of energy but then they went to that kind of smaller lineup with Peyton Pritchard on the court and with I think Javante Green to start the fourth and it just felt like there's a lot more space on the floor and the ball started moving a little bit more and then you saw Tatum and Brown kind of be able to get into the lane more I just don't know if the two big lineup is something sustainable with that being said I think it it does allow them to give the Time Lord more minutes and I thought he provided just some solid energy again off the bench in his stint. He really kind of changed the course of the momentum late in the third quarter. And just having some hustle plays, I think of the one where he hustled back. Uh, it should have been a fast break, but Tatum lost the ball in open court, and he ran back and just smacked the ball out. Uh, he had some solid passing again. I thought Timer just was a, a nice spark off the bench. And it's interesting. I think he, he's allowed to play more because they have Tice and Thompson on the court at the same time, so you need a backup big. But – it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Yeah, and I think Robert Williams, like someone must have told him, you need to play with energy because the two Pacers games, he was just in a frenzy. And Flying down the court. And to, tonight I thought that he almost got over-energetic at times. There was one play he just bowled over. I think it was Victor Oladipo in transition because he was trying to run run the lane so hard. Because there's the play right after he got the dunk for doing the exact same thing, and then Victor Oladipo was like, this guy's just not slowing down. This yeah, <laughs> and then my, there was one play, Miles Turner caught the ball, and Robert Williams was like scampering over to him to try to close out and just over-closed out, and Turner just went in for an easy bucket. So somebody lit a fire under his ass and told him, you need to play with energy, and he's been doing it. Um, and it's, it's allowed him to make some, some very good plays. And like you said, the one play where he ran the court and got a dunk was, was really nice. Um, I think Brad Stevens has been trying to say it all along. Like there are just some things about this roster he's not sure about yet. And I think it's going to take him a while to figure out what works and he's going to keep trying the Tyson Thompson front court. I think I'm not sure it's going to work. I don't think. He's sure whether it's going to work. Um, they're going to keep trying different things. And what do you think about uh, what do you think about uh, Javante Green entering the game? There, uh, we basically did not see Javante at all in the first Pacers game, and there was a lot more Grant Williams. And then uh, Javante played a lot of minutes, especially there in the first half. The dark house candidate himself. Uh, I mean, they really don't have wing depth. You would think Neesmith might get a chance at this point, but you needed to stop Dougie McBuckets, and so you go to your wing stopper, Javante Green. But what do you think of his minutes uh, basically in his against the Pacers? Yeah, he he seems to be very good at, like, just facing shooters around, and that's one role that they've decided he can be good at. Um, I, I didn't notice it, but Scal pointed out on the broadcast – 
that he was actually playing like every minute McDermott was playing for a little while at least. Um, I'm not calling him the McDermott stopper for no reason. I think he he was that was his role. Brad told him you shut down this one guy, and that's what he does. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, he's gonna have to shoot the ball pretty well to be super effective um, or like like a good fit at least offensively. But he's energetic. He's athletic as all hell. You can see when he kind of gets out in transition that that he can be a force. And so when he and Robert Williams and Jeff Teague and Peyton Pritchard are all coming off the bench, like that's a really fast second unit, like really, really fast. And it's going to be tough for other teams, I think, to to match up with that type of athleticism. Obviously, the Pacers have like a really sturdy and solid second unit, I feel like. They, uh, they, they kind of – know how to play as a team and and kind of have it figured out the Celtics are still kind of figuring stuff out but yeah I I thought Green was was fine it wasn't like he was a super standout but he played fine in his role and it's not like the Celtics have a huge bar for him to climb as far as like playing well enough on the wing to get minutes The, the interesting part of tonight was that he took a lot of Grant Williams's minutes it felt like and so that's not something that that had been going on and not something that really went on too much over the latter half of last season. So we'll see how Grant Williams kind of comes out of that and whether he can regain a spot in the rotation. But Shemi didn't play. Grant only played five minutes. Um, so Grant was a minus 10 in those five minutes. He did not have his best night. Uh, but I think that it just comes to they still have a pretty gaping hole on the wing I would like to see Neesmith get some minutes just because of his shooting. You'd think he'd be able to space the floor, but it's going to be interesting moving forward. You said that the Celtics still have a lot to figure out. Brad was definitely mentioned that in his post-game press conference. Like, it was a good win. I'm glad we fought. I'm glad we tried hard. But just defensively, the number of open threes that they gave up, in the especially in the first half, or I guess continuing into the third quarter, I think through three quarters the Pacers were – 12 of 27 from deep, but a lot of those threes felt really just wide open. A lot of miscommunications by the Celtics. It still feels very early for them. And so I'm not as concerned uh, because the Celtics usually get better as the year goes on and their defense is usually the thing that improves over time, but they're just not, if you talk about moving on a string, that's just not what they're doing at this point. Yeah. And I think one thing that's really interesting is that the Tyson Thompson duo Whenever they're on the court, the Celtics have just been bad defensively, and and that's not something that I anticipated. That I thought that lineup would be their best defensively. Like you look, think back to Horford and Baines; though they were always super stingy with those guys. And and Tyson Thompson are sort of like that in that they're mature. They're both traditional centers or centers in today's NBA. So I figured they would kind of be able to collect a lot of stops and it just hasn't played out that way. So they need to either shit or get off the pot at this point. Like, like if, if they are going to be a good defensive lineup, start playing like it. If they're not, then Brad's going to have to go away from it at some point. It's, it's obviously something he's intrigued by, but it just hasn't played out so far over the super small sample size of the first four games of the season. 
and it feels like Tice is the kind of the guy who's lost there. And I don't know how big of an adjustment it is to go from playing the five and being the primary rim protector and being the guy who I think like jumps out most on like uh, pick and rolls to adjusting to playing not as kind of the the center of the defense, but it they just really hasn't worked out. It just feels like the team is a lot more comfortable, and it looks like Tice is more comfortable when he's the lone, uh, or at least playing at the five and is the big man on the court. And so they're definitely going to have to figure that out. If But if Peyton Pritchard keeps playing like this, I wouldn't be shocked to see him, like, moved into the starting lineup and just so they can – just so they can play a little bit smaller and, like uh, – I mean, pr- how many minutes did pr- Pritchard end up playing tonight? It's always not about, you know, who starts but who finishes and all that jazz. But Pritchard played a significant amount – and if they can't just keep running out this kind of two big lineup of it, uh, it's not going to work. And so they need someone on the wing to step up. And it seems like Pritchard is the, the first one who's going to get the option just because he keeps delivering. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. We saw how small they can be against certain starting lineups. When they have that lineup, they had, I think Marcus Smart and Peyton Pritchard taking turns guarding Miles Turner for a little while. That they did. It when did they, not work with Peyton Pritchard in the post. <laughs> yeah. So so if they do start Pritchard, they'll be small, but it's not any smaller than they would would be with Kemba Walker on the court, but Kemba Walker is just a much better offensive player. So you are getting all the benefits of his offense and the defensive letdown is like, okay, he's at least going to score 20 something points and create a ton of offense for not just himself, but everybody. So Pritchard, like he's clearly not at that level. So that would be the downside of starting him. The upside would be that then you wouldn't have to start the two centers who have not guarded well as when they're on the court this year. Yeah. And I think if they're not going to deliver anything on the defensive end, you have to go small just because the offense looks so much better and so much more spacing when they only have one big. But we shall see. I think it's an interesting matchup against the Pacers just because they have those two bigs. The Celtics have played a lot of uh, bigger teams, at least to start out. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. What did you think about the first home, the two game series we saw? I really don't give a shit. You like, didn't think it was weird, like a cool to do adjustments? Like sweet, man. They played the same team twice in a row. Like, who really cares? It's, you don't think it was interesting playoff, going from game to game? It's like, not like a playoff adjustment type thing. where they're What do you there. call Javante Green, Doug McDermott stopper? Doug McDermott has 15 points in the first game, and then they shut him down in game two, and they win. If that's not an adjustment, I don't know what it is. Do you know what else is a factor in Doug McDermott not having another big game? Him being Doug McDermott. If you need a Doug McDermott stopper, there are bigger issues going on. That is a fair point, and I concede the point to you. Uh, That is uh, well said. We will finish up with the world-famous potable six-pack where Jay and I pick the six most important or most interesting things to come out of tonight's game. Jay, since you just won that point, I will let you get the first pick in tonight's potable six-pack. Peyton Pritchard. Pick and roll Peyton. I just thought I didn't know what it would look like with the ball in his hands. It was just one game, but he beats Sabonis. The play where he beats Sabonis, leaned into Sabonis, drew a foul, and got an and one. That was like, ooh. 
I didn't know All we right. could do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That like that is a good big man defender. That that is a mobile big man defender, and someone who's super strong and tough to finish against. And Pritchard just bodied him up and changed pace, and he was doing a lot of stuff that was really impressive. I, I thought Pritchard, and it, you can tell like he just kind of started feeling himself, and, and he he went from like, oh, I'm Mister Spot Up Rookie. To give me that rock, I, I'm feeling it a little bit, and it's it's cool that Jason Tatum's on the court too. But like, I can run, I can run this show, and for a little while, he wasn't waving guys off, but he was taking charge of the offense, and he's got he's got certainly um, some confidence to him. You could see that confidence growing when he started making plays. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, he was great. And I think the interesting thing from him was five assists tonight, the most he's had in his very short career. But he was not just like going to the basket. He was able to make the right play, find other guys. I, he a little, he did get a little confident through some bad turnovers, but I like he threw a bad lob pass and then immediately sprinted back uh, and got the steal. I'm going to go off that one for my first pick. There's a natural chemistry between Peyton Pritchard and Robert Williams. They both bring energy. Uh, the yin and yang, they're a buddy cop duo that I think we didn't know we deserved. They're just wildly different personalities, but I just like the two of them coming in. And really, they turned uh, a lot of the energy around at the end of the third. Um, I'm like, I'm crediting Peyton Pritchard. I, I said he had five assists. I'm going to give him six assists because I truly believe he laid the ball off the glass for Time Lord just to clean up on that assist because they had, that's the chemistry that Time Lord and Fast PP have. Oh, wow. Giving him. Giving him the assist for the the missed shot. I like that. I like that. That's I thought it was intentional. It's um, creative bookkeeping there. That's what we're all about here at Anything is Potable. All right. For these, my second pick, the third pick in the Potable six pack, just to guess, a small play. Uh, we talked a lot about how the two man lineups didn't work, but there's just a very solid Tice Thompson. Ooh, the give and go. go. The give and go. It was just, oh, it was like, oh, that four to five big man interior passing. That was fantastic. It was. And then the lefty, the lefty hammer by Daniel Tice. That they got to get, they got to do something like that on offense if they're going to continue to play uh, Tyson Thompson in that two man game. But it was, it was just a little bit of spice. I liked it. I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. And I think I'm, I, I still think that will end up being a pretty good lineup. And I still think the Celtics will end up, outscoring teams with that lineup it just hasn't really happened yet and I, I get why brad wants to see it um and i think it's not just that like they have to defend and all that stuff but like 
they have to call different plays. It's not like they played only four out or five out last year. And like when Daniel Tice is one of those guys, it's just like you really have to play differently when when both those guys are out there. And and so there's that's, a lot of times tonight where I think it's like Tatum made a nice pass, or just like found the open guy, but the ball swung and it was Tice catching the ball for an above the break open look. And it's just like, oh man, oh, yeah, that's not what you want. Yeah. So they, they just got to figure out even like their spacing on like pick and rolls with Jason Tatum, where guys are going. It's, it was really disjointed for a little while, especially when he was getting double team. Like they, they weren't sure how to deal with that. Um, my next pick, I'm going with Jeff Teague smoking bunnies. The floaters have not worked. He's been cursed by John Corrales. At least he knocked down some threes tonight, but sheesh. Uh, he, he is not great he, from two-point land. He has smoked several layups over the past three games and some easy ones. And you can just see him getting frustrated with it. Like, how the hell did I miss that? Um, so Jeff Teague, and I, I don't want to overreact to – a tiny sample size of a veteran who's done this for a long time. But I do think that's like an area that's kind of at least something to watch because he only shot 43% on twos during his brief stop in Atlanta. And so that's, that's getting kind of lower and lower and kind of below the area where you'd be comfortable with a guard having. Um, I don't think that pl- Stop in Atlanta was indicative of who he is as a player, but he's got to stop start making open layups, and he is getting there. Like he's getting layups, he's just smoking them, smoking those bunnies, smoking the bunnies, and didn't even really shout get out, to the shout out to Gordon Hayward. Um, I am going. I I gotta go Peyton Pritchard again. It was a Peyton Pritchard <laughs> game, <laughs> and the play where he hustled back to cause a turnover after he threw a turnover himself. That was that was nice. That was a winning play. We have not mentioned Jalen Brown's name once tonight, who just threw in a casual 20 points, 7 of 13 from the field, you know, uh, two assists, couple boards, like huge steal at the end of the game. Jalen Brown had four steals tonight, and we just uh, we don't mention him because we need to bring up Peyton Pritchard three times in the potable six-pack. I also liked how Brad Stevens called him deceptive. <laughs> like, come on, Brad. That's just because he's white. He's deceptive. Like, you don't. It, he's it pretty deceptive. To, he looks like have Sid to be from. Deceptive. Why does it have to be deceptive? Why can't he, he just like be Sid from Toy Story? Because he's white. Because he's white. Right. I I didn't see the deceptive word coming out this early in the year. I'm, a, but that was definitely on the bingo card. Deceptive. Um. But yeah, Jalen was Jalen was great again. Jalen has been the Celtics' best player through four games, and Absolutely. I don't think it's even really close um, compared to Tatum or anybody else. the uh, The other pick I was considering doing, I guess I'll let you go first, since well, first I just want to give a shout out to Deja Vu seven nine eight checking in from Uzbekistan. Shout out to all our Uzbeks uh, fans out there. Uh, my final thing is sixth man of the year, Tristan Thompson notching his first double double 14 and 10 
in a casual 26 minutes, he was very strong in the Did first. You call him sixth man of the year? Yeah, I remember. He's, he started every game. I know, but eventually he's going to be the sixth man of the year when Kemba comes back. I'm trying to get that going now. And so if he keeps notching double-doubles, I think it's going to be important. It was a quiet double-double, but he was very strong in the first quarter, really what kept him in the game. The- I'm still a little iffy on his offense. Like anytime he sometimes it feels like he just puts his head down and is like, This is Tristan's time. I'm getting to the rim. And I don't like it when he does that because he missed some jump hooks tonight that were kind of ugly. And so I like what he does, especially on the offensive glass. Uh, but I'm just not a huge fan of his face up game or his just like it's Tristan time. Yeah, that can go badly sometimes. But I mean, with him, I think the good outweighs the bad and the tip in that he had on a Tatum drive with like five minutes left. I think the Celtics were up two, and he just kind of outworked guys to, to tip in a Tatum miss. And th- those are the types of plays that, that he really makes his money. Um, and that one, especially I thought was, was really, really big. So yes, there'll be times when he just decides like this bucket will be mine. And then the bucket will decide, like, <laughs> nah, Nah, but other than that, I I think he's done a good job. I think he's pretty badly outplayed Tice in the early going, but I I think part of that is just like Tice has to play four, and Tice is not a four. Like Tice is just not a power forward in the. He worked his ass off to become a very solid five, and now he just has to kind of adjust to the forward. So it's been a difficult adjustment. Do you have any other notes from this game? The only other thing I have is that uh, Malcolm Brogdon is just a, a solid player, just a real, just solid basketball player. That's all I got. Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, solid dude, sturdy and <laughs> solid and all of that. Um, yeah, I have I have no argument there. I don't know where that came from. The, the other one that I considered um, using as, as my potable six-pack choice Plus 19 for Jason Tatum. After three games where he was weirdly a minus in his in his on-off stats, Jason Tatum was back to being Jason Tatum. Plus 19, the bench with him I thought was really good. Part of that was Peyton Pritchard. Part of that was Jason Tatum really doing a lot and kind of getting going during those stretches. Got to the line 10 times tonight, uh, which is just something he did not do in his first three games. I thought that was kind of key to – it just felt like him catching the ball at the elbow is just a lot better place for him to start possessions than at the top of the break. Yeah, and he only took three three three-pointers. He had 27 points on 17 shots. This was by far his best game of the year to date. Obviously, it's just just the fourth game, but I thought he was – more mature and physical trying to manufacture points and manufacture offense. And so he, he did a really, really nice job. He had a couple of moves where he just played through contact. I know danger cart was pissed off when he had that chance <laughs> with uh Sabonis. danger carts, always pissed off danger. I like, I like when danger cart gets pissed on Twitter. It, <laughs> it, gives, it cracks me up because he goes from being like, analytical guy to heat of the moment guy and heat of the moment danger card is always entertaining he goes flips like that the celtics will have to flip like that because they are playing a back-to-back tomorrow night 
uh, against the Grizzlies at home. Uh, unfortunately, John Morant got hurt, so he will not be in that game. But the Celtics will face a challenge against Yo, the up and coming Grizzlies. Chang? I don't know. Uh, is that but, a tennis player? The tennis that, player that was the tennis player, Michael Chang. I, I can't tell whether that's like a a compliment. Someone in the comment section said the Pacers are the Michael Chang of this year's NBA. I, I don't I, I think that's probably like a compliment. He uh, wants to like a really, didn't he? really solid player who can never really uh, go to the top. I'm just that's he won the French Open at 17 years and 95 days old, according to Wikipedia. Oh, well, congrats to the Indiana Pacers for being the Michael Chang of this year's NBA. Unfortunately, we won't see the Pacers for some time now because the Celtics got most of their games against them out of the way here. But if they do, we will revisit this metaphor. Um, And when the Celtics play again, we will revisit these airwaves and these podcasts. Thank you to everyone listening out there and watching on Periscope. Uh, If you like our podcast, please review it. Give it five stars. That really helps us out in the ratings and the algorithm and all that stuff. And thank you for listening to this episode of We love you too, Peyton Pritchard, Stan. He sent me some good stuff. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.